Welcome into another edition of the Florida Man Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Dunn. Make sure you check us out on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, and Spotify as well. It's great. First week, we had some great numbers. A lot of people downloaded, got a lot of retweets. If we can continue doing that, continue growing the podcast, it'll be greatly appreciated. This week, we were expected to have two guests, unfortunately, Last-minute things, schedule conflicts. We could not get Alex Brown, a part of the Orlando's uh, City Soccer Podcast. The Lions Den could not get him. And we are also going to talk to SBI soccer reporter for the Philadelphia Union and U.S. Men's National Team, uh, Larry Henry. But unfortunately, the weekends, people have things that pop up in their personal life. So unfortunately, we do not have any guests this weekend, but we will have an extended behind the stats, which will feature Robin Jansen's debut in numbers and Sasha Kleschen's deb- uh, return to New York in numbers as well. And we'll go through both team statistics because there's been some narratives about the football match, the soccer game, uh, about teams and how Orlando performed and how they got their first victory. So we'll be going behind the stats, comparing and contrasting both teams' stats and statistics in the 1-0 victory for Orlando City. So let's go to our headlines. As I mentioned, Tyler Dunn, D-U-N-N-E, on Twitter, T Dunn Footy. Uh, we're going to go to our headlines. As I mentioned for last week, our first episode, this is going to be something that we're going to be doing uh, that can kind of reflect on what's going on in the local community, what's also going on, big stories, uh, and big story pictures that we know of. Uh, so this week, number one story, it's obviously for me, uh, it may not be related to Florida soccer, but it's everything. It's the U.S. Women's National Team and USsoccer.com not selling any women's jerseys on their website. And for me, that's just a joke. I get it that you know Christian Pulisic and Weston McKinney and Tim Weah there are these known commodities. They're up-and-coming young superstars. But it's a joke. It's the 20-year anniversary of the women's national team winning the World Cup. You also have a team full of tremendous world-class players in the women's national team as well. The fact that they get so much disrespect. The fact that little girls and little boys who want these jerseys can't have these jerseys and let's be honest with each other i'll be honest i'm more prouder wearing a woman's jersey than i am wearing a man's jersey when it comes to the u.s soccer team and the national teams i rather wear ali krieger's jersey i rather wear alex morgan's jersey over clint dempsey and josie altador and landon donovan yeah it's cool that you guys can beat panama and you guys can beat mexico occasionally But when I talk about Alex Morgan and I talk about Abby Wambach and we talk about Megan Rapino, we're talking about people that won not only the World Cup, they've won the Olympics too. They've gone out and gotten great results. They've gone out and became world champions, Olympic champions. I won't be the first one to say it, I won't be the last one to say it, but our ladies' team is head and shoulders better than the men's team. And I think it's a fiasco. I think it's a joke that people can't purchase their jerseys on the official U.S. soccer 
website. We'll transition to our second story. We talked about it last week, Inter-Miami. Uh, they won their lawsuit. They will be uh, they will be building their new stadium in, I think it's Miami Beach Park in downtown Miami in a metro area of Miami on the north side of Miami. Uh, they won their lawsuit in the city and Inter-Miami will be negotiating a 99-year lease, which will be a little over $3 million a year for the lease. So good deal for them. Uh Good things for the great city of Miami with their their soccer team, and hopefully they can eventually uh, get that stadium going. Hopefully it ends up being as successful as we think it's going to be. And, you know, that's the thing, right? On paper, a lot of things sound great. and videos, everything looks great. It's just the execution, and hopefully they can execute it brilliantly and things can turn out perfect for Inter-Miami. And our last major headline, quote-unquote headline, it is uh, Orlando City. They got their first victory, but it was inspired by a players-only meeting prior to the game against New York Red Bulls. And this is something you like to see. You like to see veteran players like Nani, who it is said that he was the one that uh, orchestrated this players-only meeting to talk about the mentality of the team, needing to get a result, needing to grind out these victories. You know, the Chicago result was just a maturity issue. They should have done better. You're up a man, you're up a goal, you just go to the corner and you just see the game out. They didn't. They tried to get greedy. They got greedy, and guess what? One great cross changed the game, and guess what? They ended up losing out on three points and then obviously last week against Montreal it got absolutely hammered they were up they were down 3-0 they got a late goal from Dom Dwyer and who yes he scored a few goals this season but he hasn't been influential he hasn't been that spectacular for the money that he's paid and what he is meant to the squad as a DP player so you want your DP players to change the games week in and week out and unfortunately Dom Dwyer hasn't had that this season but hopefully after this players only meeting after a great bit of skill in the game that led to the only goal in the game from Dom Dwyer hopefully that can turn Orlando City's season around and hopefully can turn everything into a positive because let's be honest Orlando could easily be nine have nine points 30 seconds in a VAR decision they could realistically have nine points on the season. But we're not jumping into that game yet. We're not going to talk about that game. We're going to jump into the Tampa Bay Rowdies. That was our our news headlines for week two of the Florida Man Soccer Podcast. Uh, We're going to jump into the Tampa Bay game. And really cool for them, they're actually doing a little cool partnership with the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow, which is today when you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on Monday, they are going to be social media captains for the Tampa Bay Lightning who lead the NHL in points, won the President's Trophy, which is the team that ends up with the most points in the seat in the season, the regular season. They're the number one seed, they're the best team in hockey, one of the best teams in the last 25 years just overall. So pretty cool that the Tampa Bay Rowdies coming back from St. Louis uh, we'll have this opportunity to be, you know, going to a Lightning game and being able to get that exposure from the hottest team in American sports. Uh, it was a 1-1 draw. 
Guenzati got himself a... They earned a penalty after a horrible handball from the St. Louis defender where his body was... His hand was nowhere near the body. There was no one around him for a couple of yards. He gives away a silly penalty. But in that instance, it was a from the 60th minute to the 75th minute, uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies had 81% possession. The Tampa Bay Rowdies had 81% possession when they were down one to nothing against St. Louis. In St. Louis, chasing the game, they changed the formation, got a little bit more flexible, and they got a good result. Ended up 1-1. Late opportunity for St. Louis. Great goalkeeping at the end to stop it on the line in the 96th minute. And Tampa will maintain their perfect undefeated record. Two wins and one draw. It had to come to an end, but a great start on the season. Seven points from the first nine USL games. And lastly, uh, the Orlando Pride, our women's team here in Central Florida, they went to North Carolina on their first preseason game, and unfortunately, they lost four to nothing. Uh, but let's be honest: it's preseason. I've seen the, some of the best teams in soccer ultimately end up losing games, right? Losing games four to nothing in preseason, and then they win the whole league. They win the championship at the end of the season. So, first regular season game is April fourteenth, the day before. My mom's birthday, so this is a little special shout if you guys want to wish her a happy birthday. So, 4-0 loss to the the Courage, North Carolina Courage, and there's nothing you really can take away from it. There's not many positives. The Courage are a better team. They got a great result, and it's only preseason, so let's not take things uh, too seriously, and let's not look into those things too deeply. And let's get to it. Orlando City versus New York Red Bulls. 1-0 victory. First three points of the season for the Lions. And we're going to go behind the stats here with both teams. Uh, Orlando City, they completed 57.1% of their passes. And there was this narrative that I saw on social media, on Twitter. People trying to say, oh, Orlando, it was a horrible performance because of their pass accuracy. And... Pass accuracy, in my estimation, when I try to grade it in a game, I kind of want to compare the other team's accuracy and then take it from there. New York only had 62.8% possession, or not possession, percentage. They only completed 5.7 more accurate passes, right? Less than 6% better. It wasn't like the New York Red Bulls were like Pep's Barcelona or like Pep's Man City. They had great possession and they just passed the ball all over. And Orlando just had no idea how to get the job done or keep the ball. It wasn't that way. Possession was pretty even as well. 54% for for New York, the home team, and 46% for, for Orlando. So the game was even. Both teams didn't particularly pass the ball that well. We can read that in the stats. But this is where it becomes very interesting for me. Orlando City created six chances in the match. Orlando City allowed zero open play chances to the New York Red Bulls. All the chances that New York had came from corners and set pieces. 
Orlando City, who conceded three goals last week, got played off the pitch against their opponent's Montreal Impact, conceded zero open play chances. And four overall in the whole game. And FYI, they all came from set pieces. So that in itself is huge. New York Red Bulls are always favorite to go to the playoffs. They're always one of the people's, oh, they could be a dark horse. They could be the team that does it, right? Could it be their be their be their year? You've heard we've heard that narrative. We've heard that the last several seasons. This could be it for us. This could be it for us. And they stopped that team. And the interesting thing is, when it came to passes inside the penalty area, New York only completed six out of a potential 24 passes. That's 18 incompleted passes. That should tell you how good the defensive debut of Robin Jansen was. And his numbers were tremendous. Uh, Seven recoveries, seven clearances, three interceptions, two tackles. That, my friends, is brilliant. Debut, new country, having visa issues. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? He has a lot going on. He's going to New York. He's going up against Wright Phillips, who's one of the best center forwards, one of the best strikers in league history. And he blanked him. What a tremendous debut. Seven recoveries, seven clearances, three interceptions, and a perfect two-for-two on his tackles. Just a tremendous day at the office for Robin Jansen. And that's something that I think Orlando City fans have talked about and neutrals have talked about about Orlando City. They need a strong center back, and Robin Jansen could be that very, very strong center back that can help them in the long run make a potential six or seventh seed in the playoffs. And maybe next year that's something they can build on and maybe even maybe even get higher up that, that ladder and potentially be looking at those one, two, three, four seeds. Getting into the playoffs and being a team that they can cause an upset. That's something that Orlando currently right now doesn't have that kind of vigor. And they don't have that kind of reputation currently in MLS. If they were to make the playoffs, not a lot of people are fearing Orlando City. But Robin Jansen playing the way he is, and if he can continue it like this, there's going to be definitely conversations about him being a top, top center back in this league and also could be one of those guys where everyone says, underrated guy, this guy's this, this guy's that. It's like David Akam. He played for Chicago Fire. Nobody knew how good he was and then he goes to a a soccer, a more soccer appreciated city in the Philadelphia Union and people are appreciating how good he is. Everyone used to say, oh, you got to see David Akam. He's amazing. And now when he's playing in a market where they're getting more than 500 people at a game, people are able to see that 
and the visibility of ESPN Plus definitely going to help that out for Orlando City as well and fans of them. And one interesting thing that I did see that really stood out for me, the crosses, right? New York only completed 5 of 25 crosses. That just tells you that the defenders got into the right position at the right time. So the team had over 43 clearances. People talk about clearances and saying, oh, that's horrible. They have these recoveries. No. Clearances means you're getting the job done. That means if the ball is getting into a dangerous area and you're getting you're getting that ball cleared. Sometimes you clear it and it ends up going into a position that could lead to a potential attack. Orlando were a perfect 43 of 43 on their clearances. None of their clearances ended up going to an attack or lead to an error. That is a strong, strong performance. And my man of the match was Sasha Kleshton. Uh, one goal, one chance created, seven recoveries, six aerial duels won, three tackles, two take-ons, and two clearances. People are talking, oh, you, when you score goals, it doesn't make you man of the match. People that say that, uh, they're very binary, right? Because if you use your eyes and... You allow your feelings. I've, I've even said that Sasha Kleshton has not had a good season. I was writing down his statistics from all of his matches. And including this game, he's only created three chances all season. Three chances. That's not good. That's horrific to have three chances. Especially when we talk about a 2-2 game against New York City FC at home. A game against Chicago in which Chicago were down to 10 men for, I believe, the last 25 plus minutes, including stoppage time. A thumping, obviously you can say, oh, it was a thumping to Montreal, but that game had opportunities. They created opportunities. I believe Orlando had six opportunities created in that game as well. So Sasha has not had the best of starts of the season. He's an older guy. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer for, for players of that age and that ilk to get themselves in that preparedness and get into the match fitness, get that sharpness back. But he took it was a beautiful goal. I, I have to give Dom Dwyer credit. Last week with Riley, Riley James, uh, I was critical of him. Riley was critical of him. But the way that that ball kind of floated up to him but kind of dropped perfectly into his chest and Parker not having the assurances to step up into the play and just get that ball cleared, allowing Dwyer to take it on the chest, play it with his weaker left foot to Matinho, and it was just a great cross. And that's how you're supposed to utilize that width, right? Getting those forward runners from the wingback positions. We saw Ruan, he had a few opportunities on the right-hand side, and I thought he was very lively. If he had a little bit better judgment and he had a better end product, Orlando, we're not talking about Jao Matinho's cross to Sasha Kleshton from the first goal. There's a good opportunity that Orlando could have had maybe two, three goals in that game, especially when you looked at the first half when the Red Bulls, I believe, played about seven, eight minutes with ten men before they decided to make the substitution to, I believe his name was Fernandez, the young 21 or 22-year-old from their academy. So Kleshton, great game. Did a lot of great defensive work. He had the most passes, by the way, of anybody on the team. He also had the most 
the highest completion percentage of anyone that made more than five passes because I'm not counting somebody that made only five passes all game and he completed four of them. I'm not going to, I don't consider that. Best passer on Orlando City. He dictated the play. He was good in the middle. I think he completed 21 of his 24 passes in the middle of the park. So when he distributed the ball, it was great. But the one thing that did stand out for me is that he only found Nani four different times in the game. And that's something that when you have DP players, you need them to start linking up and you need them to find each other more often because they're your quote-unquote best players. And you want them to be found more times than not. So... That's something that I'm going to keep an eye on going forward. T Dunn for the D1E. If you like my stats, you like my little little stat thing, tweets that I make out, always send a like. We always appreciate it. Retweets are always great. Or you could be beat writers that steal your information as their as their own, which, by the way, is kind of a not so great thing to do. That's just me. But there's a certain beat writer here in Orlando that took my stats from one of my tweets. And then he messed up the the tweet. And that's just kind of funny for me is that he took my narrative of Sasha Kaleshkin being man of the match because defensively he did a great job. You know, he was he got into the trenches against his former team and had a great performance. And to go with that, he did score the goal. That's the cherry on top. But if you just took the game if you just took everything from what it was, seven recoveries, six aerial duels, three tackles, two take-ons, two clearances, right? That, to me, tells me he did a hell of a job. For a guy that plays in that 8-10 position, creative midfield position, to do that kind of work, that's just absolutely brilliant. So Sasha Kleshton was my man of the match. Who was your man of the match? Let me know. I'm going to put a poll up, on footy D-U-N-E. Uh, the poll will be able to be voted on for two days. I will put the poll up on Sunday. And if you guys hear this on Monday, if you can vote on it and retweet it, we'd be greatly appreciated. Uh, we're going to wrap up the podcast. Uh, it's always great talking to you guys. I really do. I'm thoroughly enjoying this process, talking Florida soccer. Uh, integrating not only the men's game, but it's always great to talk about the women's game too, right? You heard it at the top of the podcast. I had a really good conversation where we had it lined up. It's going to be called the Beyond the Stars and Stripes. We were going to do like a bonus episode with uh, Larry Henry where we talked the U.S. men's and women's national team. But we will be talking to him soon, possibly next week. We'll get both U.S. men's team's games, and we'll get his thoughts on the U.S. women's national team as well. And we're going to have a lot of tremendous guests on for the Women's World Cup because women's soccer is absolutely, in my opinion, some of the best soccer to watch in person. I've seen them play twice, and I was lucky that I went to Copa America in Chicago, and I got to see the U.S. men's national team beat Costa Rica 4 nothing. right? I've seen that kind of performance from the men, but when it comes to the women, they're just tremendous. So if you ever get the opportunity to go down and see the women play, I recommend it. It's an excellent experience. And they're so talented. So if you get the chance, go and see the women play. And once again, guys, thank you for listening to the Florida Man Soccer Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Dunn. You can follow me on Twitter, T-Dunn, D-U-N-N-E. And once again, guys, thank you for listening. Like, rate, and review it. Leave a five-star rating. That would be greatly appreciated. And we'll talk to you next Monday.